welcome back to The Wire Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McCrary, and today I'm going to be recapping the free agency period for the NBA. Uh, I am a little bit late late to this. I apologize about that, but um, yesterday, or I guess two days ago, um, I got back from a mission trip in Montana. So I've been gone for about six days, haven't been able to record a podcast haven't been able to talk about free agency, but I am going to be doing that today, so I'm excited about that. I um, hope you all are doing well, um, and let's not waste any time, and let's go ahead and dive, dive in. So today's episode, uh, what I have planned, I'm going to talk about some of the best deals, or some deals I thought were really good, um, really good value. I'm going to talk about some deals that I thought were really bad value, um, and then I'm going to talk about the winners and the losers of free agency. Um, I have two teams for each, two teams I thought won free agency, um, and two teams I thought, you know, quote-unquote lost free agency or came out of free agency as losers. Um, and, and let's go ahead and start off with some of the better deals, I or some deals I thought were really good um, in free agency. Let's start off with Austin Reeves. So the Lakers signed Austin Reeves to a four-year, $56 million deal. And I believe um, Austin Reeves was a restricted free agent. Just looked it up. He was. Um, and I'm not quite sure why no one offered Austin Reeves. I read on Twitter somewhere where someone um, said that, you know, maybe possibly other teams knew that the Lakers would match any offer Reeves got. So teams just weren't offering him anything. Uh, but I thought he was going to be able to get like a deal around $90 million, um, maybe $80 million. Um, but the fact that he got just $14 million a year um, is is crazy considering he's a younger player. I mean, and he's really good. Like he's an effective kind of four-level scorer. And when I say four-level scorer, I mean, you know, shooting at the rim, shooting from mid-range, shooting from three, and shooting from the free throw line. Um, and he's effective as a four-level scorer on low volume. He's not this high-volume uh, four-level scorer, but he's pretty effective from every area of the floor on pretty low volume. He's also a good decision-maker on offense, doesn't turn the ball over too much, um, and he's just pretty impactful as a role player, especially on offense. Now, his defense isn't great, and he isn't a great passer, um, but... Still, like, he could have gotten a lot more money, I think. I think that if he was an unrestricted free agent, he would have gotten a lot more money than $56 million. But love this deal, like it for the Lakers. Um, and I think that, you know, based on what he did this past season, I think Reeves could have potentially got um, closer to $20 million, maybe around $18 million. It's probably what he's worth. So shout out to the Lakers for, for getting... Um, a really good deal here, and shout out to Reeves for getting paid. Like fifty-six million dollars is still a lot of money, and he got locked up long term. So shout out to him for for getting paid. Um, now let's move on and talk about Herbert Jones. So Herbert Jones agreed to a four-year, fifty-six million dollar extension with the New Orleans Pelicans, and I like this a lot. He's a young player with great size, um, who's an elite defender. A good offensive rebounder for a wing, um, but he is a poor shooter, a pretty 
you know, meh score, not a great score in terms of volume and efficiency. And he also doesn't carry a large offensive load, and he provides probably like no creation whatsoever because he isn't a great scorer, he isn't a great shooter, and he isn't uh, a great passer. Um, So, you know, when you're looking at Herbert Jones, you're looking at, you know, someone who's really, really good defensively, uh, but still has a lot of room to grow offensively. Um, so there's a reason why he didn't get a ton of money, but still, um, I like this deal a lot. He got the same deal that Austin Reeves got, and he was a restricted free agent as well. Um, let me make sure I'm not, you know, just an absolute fool saying that. Um, yeah, he was a restricted, a restricted free agent, um, and, and I like this deal a lot. I think he could have got a little bit more, um, a little bit more than $14 million dollars. I think he could have gotten something closer to $18 million, maybe up into the 20s, kind of like Austin Reeves. Um, so I like this deal for the Pelicans. I think it makes sense. I like his defense a lot. Um, like I said earlier, his his he needs to grow a lot offensively. Um, but still, like the defense is legit. Um, I like the offensive rebounding. I think offensive rebounding is really underrated. And I know that's not, you know, the most sexy skill, to see in a wing, but still, um, I like this contract a lot, I think it's a good deal for the Pelicans, and it's cool to see, uh, Herbert Jones get paid. Now let's end this best deals conversation by talking about Eric Gordon. So Eric Gordon agreed to a two-year, $6.5 million deal with the Phoenix Suns, and I like this deal a lot. Uh, Gordon is an older player who, you know, isn't guaranteed to be a positive impact when he's on the floor next season. But, he can space the floor, he can pass a little bit, um, and he can be a valuable role player for the Suns. Um, he isn't an amazing player by any means. He is an older player, um, and his defense isn't great like it used to be. But I do think he can be, you know, a positive, I think this can be like a positive um, value contract um, as he's playing next to the Suns' big three. And when he's playing off of Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal, I think that he could be better in that role than um, than the role he's been playing with the Rockets, where he's been playing alongside all these really young players. Um, I think the big three that they have in Phoenix, I think those guys are all you know strong creators who can create advantages for their teammates. And I think that as they are drawing defenses to them, and as they're drawing defensive uh, defensive attention, I think it's going to open up uh, shots for, for their teammates. And for a guy like Eric Gordon, I think that's huge. And so I think Eric Gordon could be a really impactful player for the Phoenix Suns next season. Let me get a drink real quick, and then we'll talk about some of the worst deals of free agency. So the first deal I want to talk about, the first deal, the first bad deal, I want to talk about is Jeremy Grant. So Jeremy Grant agreed to a five-year, $160 million extension with the Portland Trailblazers. And I think this is by far the worst contract that we saw in free agency. It's just really bad value. Um, and I, I like Jeremy Grant. I think he is a good wing. Um, and over the like throughout his career, we've seen him um, go from being like this role player um, who's really good on defense 
And then we saw when he went to the Pistons a few years ago, he transitioned into this high-usage um, offensive player who was, um, you know, doing a lot more as a scorer. And I think that's really cool to see a player transition like that, go from being more of a role player to kind of transitioning to a star role. Um, and that's awesome to see. You don't see many players do that. And so, Grant is a good player. He's a good wing, and he can score at a good rate. He can shoot threes. He can shoot from distance. Um, but he isn't a very efficient high-volume scorer, and he is a good defender, but not a great one. And I think his passing needs some work. His, he's not a bad passer, but um, for his usage, his assist rate is just a bit low. Um, and, and, and needs to increase. Uh, I think when you look at like the, all the stars in the NBA right now, um, all the best players, like the top 15 players in the league, uh, most of them are, if not all of them, are really, really good passers. Um, and, you know, a lot of the, the best players in the league are great offensive players, and the truly great offensive players are great passers. Um, so I think if Grant ever wanted to become like a great player, like a great offensive player in his role, I think the passing needs to improve. Um, it, it, it has to, because he's not a good enough scorer or shooter for his passing to be where it is right now. Um, so th- that's one reason. Um, there are a few reasons why I don't love this deal for him. Um, and I just I don't think that he is valuable, valuable enough in his current role to be worth $32 million a year. At his age, I think he is um, 29, if I if I'm correct. Yeah, he's 29 years old. Um, once again, good player, but his impact metrics are you know lower than than you would expect for a guy in his role. Um, and I think that that he's a good player. Um, just worth, I think he's worth a good bit less than this uh, per year, based on what we've seen from him in the last three years, in the last two years. Um, so yeah, I like, I like Jeremy Grant. Um, I probably like him more in a different role than he's playing right now. And I just don't think he's quite good enough in this current role to be worth $32 million. Um, he's kind of like, in a way, to, in, in a way, he's somewhat similar to Jalen Brown. And that like, I think Jalen Brown is a very good player. And, and Jalen Brown's better than Jeremy Grant, so... Don't don't get me wrong. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying they're they're the same player um, in terms of you know how good they are. But Jalen Brown, good player who can score at a super high rate, is a great shooter. Um, just overall, a really good offensive, uh, a really good scorer and shooter. But there's a you know a lot that he needs to to you know get better at. Like I don't think he's a great defender. Um, his passing isn't very good. His ball handling isn't very good. And when you're when your passing and ball handling aren't great, when you're a high a higher usage offensive player, that's a problem. And that's gonna if that never improves, that's gonna keep Jalen Brown from being a true star in the NBA. Like a true star. Um and I feel the same way about Jeremy Grant. Like Jeremy Grant, you know, he provides um, so a, a good amount of value offensively from his scoring and his shooting, but um, you know his passing just isn't there. His defense um, is good, but just not great. So like the fact that he isn't a great passer really limits him um, 
as a high high usage offensive player. Um, next up, let's move on. I think I've rambled enough about Jeremy Grant. And actually, one more thing I wanted to note about Grant. Um, and another reason why I didn't like this contract is because I just don't think it makes sense if the Trailblazers are going to trade Damian Lillard. If they're going to trade Damian Lillard, it doesn't make sense to be paying Jeremy Grant $160 million over the next five years. So, I don't know if they knew that Damian Lillard wanted out when they signed Grant, um, but if they did, that, that just makes this deal even worse, in my opinion. Alright, now we can move on, um, and let's talk about Max Struess, who signed a four-year, $63 million deal with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I just am not a huge fan of this deal, and this reminds me of a lot of contracts that we've seen given out to, you know, guys who are primarily three-point shooters, and that's, you know, really the one thing that they do. Um, and I just don't think Max Struess is good enough at that one skill to be worth a contract of this size. At his best, I think Strauss is a good three-point shooter who limits turnovers, and that's good. But that's about it. And honestly, he's pretty—he's been pretty inconsistent as a shooter for the last couple of years, and his defense is really, really bad. And he doesn't have star-level traits like high-level passing, elite efficiency, you know, high-level defense. Um, so I think th this is just a really bad contract in terms of value. And I think it's foolish to make a long, a long-term commitment to a player like Max Struess. Um, Max Struess, good player. Um, I think at times um, he provides a lot of value with the shooting, but um, I think you'd be surprised uh, by by his shooting numbers um, over the last couple of years. And he, he hasn't played long in the NBA, um, but over the last couple of years. Um, his three-point shooting has been somewhat inconsistent. He is not an elite shooter, by any means, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he is an elite shooter whatsoever. And I think if you were going to pay a guy who was whose value came from, really, his three-point shooting alone, I think if you were going to give him a contract like this, um, I think he would need to be an elite shooter. Um... And Max Struess just isn't, in my opinion. Um, so I don't like this contract whatsoever. It, it reminds me of the Davis Bertans contract from a years ago, or the Duncan Robinson contract from a few years ago. And obviously, Duncan Robinson, as um, you know, in the playoffs, he kind of had a big turnaround where he was playing a lot more. At one point, he kind of fell out of the rotation, but in the playoffs, he became a huge part of the Heat's rotation. Um, so shout out to him, but. You know, his contract for a while there was looking like one of the worst contracts in the NBA. And and, and I hate to be so negative about Max Struess. I like him. It's nothing personal. But I do think that this could be a pretty bad contract um, down the road unless he consist becomes a consistently elite three-point shooter. He needs to become that if he wants this contract to be, to be you know, positive value moving forward. Alright, let's close out this worst deals conversation by talking about Bruce Brown. Um, and this sucks because I like Bruce Brown, but Brown signed a two-year, $45 million deal with the Indiana Pacers. And I love Bruce Brown so much. I think he is an awesome role player. I love the way he played for the Nuggets in the playoffs. Um, and he, he's just an awesome role player. 
um, who can finish at the rim. He can shoot threes at a decent rate. Um, he's not a great three-point shooter, but he can space the floor a little bit. And he plays really good defense. However, his offensive impact just isn't great. Uh, mainly due to the fact that he's just okay at pretty much everything. There, He's not, like, elite at anything. Um, and and I, I really like his skill set. Um, but I just don't think he's worth over $20 million a year. Um, I don't think he's been that impactful uh, over the last couple of years. And maybe I'm foolish for thinking that. Um, but I think the, the annual salary he's getting is just a bit rich. Um, I would have loved signing him, you know, in the, for a deal that gave him, like, um, $18 million, maybe, you know, 15 to $18 million, but, oh, but about $22.5 million, that's a little bit much, and it's not, like, terrible value, um, it's just, I, I don't think it's positive value for the Pacers, um, and, I, and, you know, maybe there were worse deals that were signed in free agency, um, but there were a lot of just absolutely awful deals that were signed in free agency, in my opinion. I think there were other deals that kind of fit in this boat with Bruce Brown, like um, Kyle Kuzma's deal, um, you know, maybe Cam Johnson's deal a little bit. Um, maybe they got a little bit a little bit more than they're actual, actually worth. Obviously, on the market, with the way the market works, those guys, you know, th- their deals make sense. Um, and, and I think Kyle Kuzma's deal actually makes sense based on what he did last year. Um, but if you, you know, look at what he's done prior to that, you know, maybe signing him to this deal is a bit, bit of an overreaction to what he did last season, but good player. Um, I'm going off on a tangent a little bit. The main thing is Bruce Brown, like the player, um, the contract is just a bit rich for me. But I think he's going to be really good with the Pacers. Um, I like his fit there. I think I think he'll be awesome. I think he'll help them out defensively. Um, and I just like the addition to their to their backcourt. Um, and I like their backcourt a lot. They have Tyrese Halliburton, Bruce Brown, T.J. McConnell, uh, Benedict Mathurin. Um, that's a solid backcourt. I like that a lot. And, and then they have Andrew Nimhard, who played really well as a rookie. Um, so I like that a lot, and I think he's going to, he, um, the addition of, of him and Jairus Walker um, are going to make the Pacers' defense a lot better. So shout out to the Pacers um, for adding a good player. Just a bit, a bit more expensive than I would have been willing to pay, um, so that's my only issue with it. All right, now let's go ahead and talk about some winners and losers of free agency. And let's start out with the winners. My first winner, and I have two for each, my first winner is the Milwaukee Bucks. Heading into free agency, I thought that the Bucks were going to lose one of Brooke Lopez or Chris Middleton. And they didn't lose either of them. They re-signed both, so they were able to keep all their biggest free agents. And they even signed... Um, uh, who was it? Uh, they signed Malik Beasley, um, who was a solid wing who can shoot and you know play a little bit of defense. Um, so I, I like those deals. I like the fact that they were they were able to keep their stars. 
um, while also adding a guy like Malik Beasley. They also, they did they did lose Joe Ingles and Javon Carter, but those guys signed contracts that were pretty big, um, and, you know, deals that probably weren't, weren't worth it for them, in my opinion, um, so, you know, I like Joe Ingles a lot, but, um, with the contract that he signed with the Magic, which was a two-year, $22 million deal, you know, it makes sense why the Bucks didn't bring him back, and Malik Beasley is, is on a really cheap deal, it's worth, like, $2 million a, a year, um, and I'm not even, let me look and see what the years are looking like, um, it's a one-year deal worth about $3 million, um, so I just, I just like that a lot, I love that they're able to retain their, their biggest free agents, um, and I like the addition of Malik Beasley, and I think these moves give them a chance, a chance to contend in the East again, I, I was really worried about how good they would be if they lost Lopez or Middleton, um, but they brought both of them back, which is huge for them, um, and I, I just love what they did, I don't know, I don't really know how they were able to afford, um, Lopez and Middleton, but they did, and that's huge for them, so shout out to the Bucks. I think, um, they were huge winners, because I think everyone expected them to lose one of Brooke Lopez or Chris Middleton, and they didn't, which is massive. Next up, I want to talk about the Phoenix Suns. They had an awesome free agency period. After the Bradley Beal trade, um, their bench was looking rough, and it looked like they may not be able um, to fill out their bench well enough to be a serious um, contender in the West. Um, or in, and when I say that, I mean I mean someone who has a legitimate shot at, at knocking off like the Denver Nuggets, because I think the Nuggets are clearly the best team in the Western Conference. And with the way the Suns roster looked right after the Bradley Beal trade, I was like, there's no way that they're going to beat the Nuggets. I love the, their big three, but they just aren't good enough on defense, and they don't have the depth to beat a team like the Nuggets. But they did a phenomenal job of filling out their roster in free agency. They signed a bunch of cheap free agents um, to kind of fill out their bench, and they killed it. So let's... <clears throat> Let's go through everybody they signed. So, um, they signed Eric Gordon, which I already talked about, and I love that deal. They re-signed Damian Lee. Um, they lost to Rick Craig, but they, they signed uh, Yuta Watanabe. Uh, Watanabe um, uh, hopefully I pronounced that right, from the Nets. They signed Keenan Bates-Diop, uh, a good player. I like that a lot. Um, and they signed Drew Eubanks. They signed all three of those guys to a two-year deal. Um, just like Eric Gordon, um, and then, that's not all they did, they also re-signed Josh Kogi to a one-year deal, and they signed Shimizu Mitu, um, from the Kings to a one-year deal, um, and, let's see, did they sign anybody else? Yes, they signed Bismack Biombo, um, Darius Baisley, um, and TJ Warren, um, and they also signed uh, Terrence Ross and Saban Lee, um, and they had a, they were just very active in free agency. They did lose Jock Landale, which stinks. Um, but they just I don't think they could afford to re-sign him. Um, but they signed a lot of a lot of quality players um, who I think are going to be just awesome for them off the bench. Um, and I'm not sure they could have done a, a much better job of filling out the rest of their roster in free agency. Um, like I was not expecting them to sign 
Eric Gordon. Um, I think that was a, a huge deal for them. Um, and now they have a really nice roster. Um, and I think that they they will be real contenders in the Western Conference. I'm still going to pick the Nuggets to come out of the West over them. But like this is a nice team. Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Josh Okogie, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton, Cameron Payne, Eric Gordon, Kita Bates-Diop, Yuta Watanabe, and Bismack Biyombo. And then, when you go deep into their bench, they have Terrence Ross, TJ Warren, Damian Lee, um, Drew Eubanks, uh, Chimizi Mintu. That's just a solid roster. Um, could be a little bit better um, on the bench, I think. Uh, but with, the way, with this new CBA, um, they just weren't going to do much better. So, shout out to the Phoenix Suns. <clears throat> I think they killed it in free agency. And I liked what they did filling out their bench. And I think this makes them a lot better moving forward. So shout out to them. Um, Love what they've done after the Bradley Beal trade. Alright, now let's close out the pod by talking about two teams I thought did um, not such a great job in free agency and teams I would consider quote-unquote losers of free agency. And the the first team I want to talk about here is the Houston Rockets. Now, I loved what the Rockets did in the draft, and I thought they needed to get some veteran leadership after that. Uh, Their team was very, very young, um, and they needed to just get some veteran guys in there who could teach the young guys uh, what it takes to be a good NBA player, um, the right way to play on the court, you know, how to navigate being an NBA player and being kind of a celebrity at this point. Um, However... I didn't love the guys that they signed to fill this role. Um, and so they signed Fred Van Vliet to a, let me actually look, um, to a, a massive contract. They signed him to a three-year deal worth around $129 million, um, which is about $43 million annually. And then they signed Dylan Brooks to a four-year deal worth $80 million. And starting off with Fred Van Vliet, I actually don't have a problem with this contract. I think the contract he signed um, is what it's worth, um, honestly. I just don't know if it makes sense for the Rockets because the Rockets just signed Amen Thompson, or just signed, just drafted Amen Thompson. And I thought that they were going to start him um, and maybe give him a lot of the ball handling duties for their offense. But with Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks coming in, he's probably not going to start. And I'm not quite sure what what the, what their plan is for Amen Thompson. Like, how are they going to develop him? Are they going to let him have, you know, full control of the offense when he's on the floor or not? Because if he's playing alongside Fred Van Vliet, he's not going to be handling the ball all that often. And he's going to be playing off-ball. And I just don't like that for him because he's not a great shooter um, and he's not going to be able to space the floor. Now, I think he would be an awesome cutter. I think he would be um, a great off-ball defender, but I want to see him handling the ball because I think he he has the potential to be a star as an on-ball creator in the NBA, but he can't do that. He can't be that if he's you know playing off-ball alongside Fred Van Vliet. Um, so I like the Van Vliet deal, but I just don't, I don't love it in terms of Amen Thompson's development. And Amen Thompson matters a lot because he was the third overall pick in this year's draft. 
and in my opinion, he is a star in the making. I love the dude. I think he's an awesome player and a great person off the court. Um, so I'm interested to see how the Rockets plan on developing him, and that was a big reason why I didn't like this deal. I also didn't love the Dylan Brooks deal. That's just a big commitment to him and a lot of money, um, and I just don't think he's quite good enough offensively. He's a really good defender, and I think he provides some value offensively. Like he does, he limits turnovers, doesn't turn the ball over a lot, um, and the Rockets need his defense badly. But they also need shooting, and I just don't think that he provides enough shooting for this team. Um, and I think that having him on the floor is going to hurt their ability to space the floor in a big way because they just don't have a lot of great shooters on this team. And that sucks. Um, so, I like Dylan Brooks. I think he's better than I originally thought when I went and did a dive through his numbers. Um, I was, you know, impressed. Um, and I thought he was better than I than I assumed. Um, but, just not sure he's a great fit with this offense. Um, and like I said, the, the commitment they made to him is pretty big. Um, I will say the Rockets did a good job with the Jock Landale signing. Um, I thought that was a great deal, and he's very good offensively. Um, and it's a low-risk deal, considering how cheap it is. And I think he will be an awesome backup uh, to Alperin uh, Shingun. So, love that deal. Um, just don't love everything else the Rockets did. And I'm not quite sure what their plan is moving forward and what they're trying to do with all these deals. Um, it just doesn't quite make sense to me, but who knows, maybe it'll work out um, for the better, uh, and I hope it does, because I didn't love what they did in free agency. Alright, let's end the podcast talking about the Portland Trailblazers, who I thought have been the losers of the offseason. The Jeremy Grant contract was just awful, I already talked about it. That was, in my opinion, the worst signing of free agency. Um, outside of Miles Bridges, who is just a bad signing due to off-the-field issues. You know, he, um, I believe he beat his girlfriend, and he had a domestic violence issue. So he probably shouldn't be playing in the NBA, but who knows. But yeah, like Jeremy Grant, horrible contract. Um, and then you got to talk about the Damian Willard situation when you talk about the Portland Trailblazers. And that has been brutal for Portland. Um, Damian Willard, a few weeks ago, um, or maybe even just a week ago, I'm trying to remember when it was, um, but he kind of demanded a trade, um, and, you know, he's been demanding a trade to the Miami Heat specifically, and there's been reports that his agent has been telling other teams outside of the Heat, and, um, telling them not to trade for, for Lillard, because if they do, he's gonna be unhappy, um, I'm, I'm not sure if that report is true, maybe it's not, um, but if that is true, that's insane, <clears throat> and because Lillard seems to want to go to the Heat badly, and because it seems like he will be unhappy everywhere, anywhere else, team, there's not a lot of teams that are interested in trading for him, and <clears throat> when, when the Trailblazers trade Lillard, they're probably not going to get very much, and that stinks, because Lillard has ha- just signed a huge deal a huge extension um, last offseason, and he has three years left on it. He, he has three years left on his contract, and he's coming off the best season of his career, and the Trailblazers are probably not going to get much for him. 
And that's crazy. And I have a, an issue with Damian Lillard. Not because he has demanded a contract. Or, sorry, not because he has demanded a trade. Or that he wants to go to the Miami Heat. I get that. And I get why he wants to leave Portland. However, for the last couple of years, he has talked so much about how loyal he is to the Trailblazers. And how he, you know, doesn't want to run from the grind. And how he doesn't want to ring chase. But now, he's doing all of that. <laughs> like, he has become the exact same player that he has criticized and said he doesn't want to become the last couple of years. Like, he is no different than every other player, and he has spent the last, uh, you know, half decade acting like he is different from everyone else. And, you know, he's talked about how loyal he is to the Trailblazers, and he is screwing them right now. Like, they are going to get absolutely nothing in return for, for him. Um, I think. You know, maybe they actually get a good deal, but uh, based on everything uh, everything we're hearing on social media, like, it sounds like the Trailblazers are going to get peanuts, um, considering how much they should be able to get for Lillard. And, and, and I'm not trying to be anti-player here. I'm not trying to side with the organization, with the franchise, because I am pro-player empowerment. Um, I think that's that's good. I think players should be able to have a lot of control over their situation. Um, I and, and I don't mind what Lillard is doing in a vacuum, but when you consider how much he's talked about, you know, being loyal to the franchise, you know, not wanting to run from the grind and not wanting to ring chase, and now he's doing just that, it just seems hypocritical, in my opinion. And I just wish that Lillard was honest and would have been like, yeah, I want to stay in Portland because they're going to pay me the most money. And then when they continue to suck, I'm going to leave. Like, I, I just wish that he would have been more, more open and honest about that and been like, yeah, I'm willing to leave Portland when the time is right. Don't be like, oh, yeah, I'm never going to leave Portland. I'm loyal to this city and this franchise. I'm not going to ring chase. When you were, when you just ended up doing that anyway, it, it's just, it's hypocritical in my opinion, um, and I think that Lillard kind of looks bad in this situation, hopefully it works out from both sides, but yeah, free agency and the, in the offseason as a whole have been pretty rough for the Trailblazers, um, one thing that they didn't do in free agency was improve their front court off, like, at all. Um, their front court off the bench was just really bad, <laughs> and they did quite literally nothing to improve it. Right now, um, their, their backup power forward and center on ESPN is listed as Nasir Little and John Butler Jr., which is just rough. Um, they did, they did draft Chris Murray, so maybe he'll, he'll have a big role for them this season. I assume he will. Um, but yeah, not, not a great front court off the bench. They needed the backup center and they just did not sign one. Maybe they will. Um, and they still have time to do that, but, um, they haven't now. And, and I just think they are the biggest losers of the free agency period. Um, and before I close out the podcast, I can run through some of the biggest contracts we saw. Um, so the biggest contract was Jeremy Grant, a five-year, $160 million deal. Uh, already talked about Fred Van Vliet. Kyrie Irving signed a three-year, $126 million deal with the Mavericks. Um, he signed an extension with them. I like that. 
um, good player, and they, they really needed to resign him if they want to keep Luka Doncic when his contract is up. Then we have Cameron Johnson, who signed a four-year, $108 million deal. Then Kyle Kuzma, who signed a four-year, $102 million deal. Then we got Chris Middleton, who signed a three-year, $102 million deal. Um, Draymond Green, who signed a four-year, $100 million, $100 million deal. Um, Dylan Brooks, I already talked about him. Uh, Jakob Pertl, who's on a four-year, $80 million deal. Um, and then you have the rest. I already talked about Max Cruz, Austin Reeves, Herb Jones. But those were some of the biggest um, contracts we saw signed in the free agency period. Um, but yeah, those are all my thoughts on free agency. I hope you'll enjoy this podcast. Um, if you will be so kind, I would really appreciate it if you would you know, review, uh, uh, review this podcast, leave a five-star review. That would be great. That would help out the podcast a lot. Um, if you want to hit me up on social media, you can, you can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at the Ryan McCreary. That's the R Y A N M C C R A R Y. That's the end of this podcast. I hope you all enjoyed and I will see y'all next time. Peace.